All right. Good morning. So, did you guys uh, enjoy what Sarah was talking about? How we um, how we hear from God and, and the unspoken conversations. It was a, it was a really good uh, couple messages that she did. I think it was like what five, um, but it was really really good. And what's really cool, Mercy, you can have a seat. We'll do this later. Yes, no problem. Mercy's like my feet are getting tired. But when Sarah was talking about unspoken conversations and how to hear the voice of the Lord, we we all suffer from a chronic thing called I can only hear myself. It's it's a natural human it's a natural human response to who we are. We only hear ourselves. Okay. I'm getting the note passed to me. This is the only place you can pass notes and get away with it. Okay. All right, I'll put this off to the side for a second. My wife and I still pass notes. I'm like, check yes or no. Um, yeah. Yes. Took the trash out this morning. So we've been talking about hearing God, and we all suffer from what is called, I hear from myself and I only hear from myself. It's a human condition. We are born into sin. When we are born into sin, we have fallen nature. But the cool thing is, is that when we're born again, that human nature gets pushed off. It, 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 Paul talks about how I die daily to myself. My human, na- my my sin, my 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 human nature. I die to that because I take on the identity that Christ. I, I'm the new man. I've crucified the old man. The new man has come. So we have what we now call. I can hear from God, and I don't hear just from myself. So human nature tells us that I hear from. I hear how I want to hear. You guys ever had that problem where it's like, well, you hear something and you didn't hear what they were trying to tell you. And you're like, well, I heard what I wanted to hear. You got like pieces of it. Sarah will be like, I need you to do this and this and this. And I'll be like, I got one of those. I got one of those. You need to put this in a list so I can make sure I check this off. I'm the kind of guy that if you want something done, make me a list. Because I'm not going to remember everything you said to me. Like I won't remember what I probably talked about later on today. No, I'm just kidding. But I, we all hear things and we tend to hear what we want to hear. We tend to hear how we want to hear. We tend to hear from how we've been raised, our life experiences, different things like that. So I got a little story for you guys. I'm really bad at telling stories. So yeah, I'm, I, I'm not going to say I'm good at telling stories because I usually, and I'm going to explain why. Is so a couple weeks ago, um, Sarah was in her message series and, and I'm laying in bed and I'm putting Lana to bed. I go up and tucking her in and she's reading me a story. I'm not reading her a story. She's reading me a story. I've got a what, fourth grader? Yeah, fourth grader that's le- reading at like an eighth grade level. So she's like, you know, she's reading books that, you know, she's reading easy books just not to challenge her, just to make her sleepy. And so she's reading me a book and we're laying in bed. And if you guys know our house, our upstairs is kind of um, divided off. We've got Lana's room towards the back and then our office is towards the front of that, you know, main room. It's kind of divided off. But so the office is sitting there and, and I'm, we're laying in bed and when she's reading me a book and I don't remember what it was it was something really good um probably oh i think it was pokey little puppies christmas or something like that um and so hey that was my favorite book as a kid i love the pokey little puppy best golden book ever and um so we're laying there and i hear the phone ring i'm like okay somebody get i'm like okay phone's ringing and it rings once then it rings twice on the third time i'm like hello is somebody gonna get the phone because i'm laying here listening to a story and so nobody gets it. It just rings, and then, oh, I thought somebody got it. So I walk downstairs. I put her to bed. I, you know, do all the bedtime routine, and I put her to bed, and I, I walk downstairs, and and um, 
Sarah's in her secret place, a.k.a. her bed, and Layla's in her secret place reading mom stories. Our, we don't read our kids' stories. Our kids read us stories. That's just, they come in and like, hey, can I read you some books? And like, yeah, <laughs> takes my, makes my job a lot easier. Um, so they're, Sarah's in her uh, little secret place uh, being read to, not the bathroom, the, the, uh, the, uh, the bed, and, and Layla's in there reading books. And, and um, so I'm like, hey, who was on the phone? She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, the phone rang. She's like, no, it didn't. I'm like, yeah, I did. Because, like, um, a couple minutes later, I'll get in that in, in a second. But, and so I'm like, phone rang. I said it rang three times, and I yelled for you to get it. She's like, no, it didn't. I'm like, yeah, it did. I'm like, I know. I was watching it. I saw it light up. I saw the phone light up. And I know it rang. And you guys are crazy. You're all nuts. And uh, she's like, no, it didn't. I'm like, I know it did. Don't tell me it didn't, because I'm right and you're wrong. And, um, and Layla looks at me and goes, Dad, no, it didn't. I'm like, crap. I'm like. So I'm like, okay. And Sarah looks at me with her profound wisdom. She's like, maybe you should ask God what that means. I'm like, no, don't tell me. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like okay. So I'm like, I'm thinking, phone didn't ring. I'm like, I know it rang. I, I distinctly heard it ring. I know that ringer because it's the one that just wakes you out of a dead sleep with a shrill. And you're like, I got to change that ringer. But you never do. Every time you hold the phone, I want to change it to that nice soft one that's a little more soothing. No. And I'm like, I know it rang. I saw it light up. I saw the, the little flashing thing, you know, and because it lights up the screen and then the, the little light on it goes green when somebody's calling or it's in use. And I'm like, I know it was. So I'm like, and they're like, no, it wasn't. I'm like, you don't tell me. I know what I saw. So I'm like, okay. So I'm asking, I'm like thinking about this. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, I heard, I distinctly heard this ring. You guys ever heard something that you think you hear and you didn't hear? Every moment of her life. And, and so I, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm thinking about this. I'm like, okay, like at night, I, when I sleep, I hear people talking. I, 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 and this sounds weird, but like I'll hear the neighbors talking, like the neighbors across the field, I'll hear them talking. I can hear their conversation. And I'm like, am I just hearing this or am I hearing this? And I'll look out the window and be like, oh no, they're standing on the front porch, you know? And so I'm hearing things going on. I'm like, okay, God, what is going on? I'm hearing this phone ring. Uh, my wife thinks I'm crazy because I'm down there arguing with her and a 10-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old. Wow, she's old now. Um, I, I just jumped back t- two years. So I'm arguing with my wife and a 12-year-old and how the phone rang. And they're like, no, it didn't. They're looking at me like I'm nuts. Like, and I'm like, okay. So I'm like, okay, God, what's going on? So I write this stuff down. I just, I, mean, I don't write it down. I don't write anything down. I, I put it into my phone. I'm like, phone rang three times. Wife thinks I'm crazy. Um, and, and so I, you know, I, I go about my week and I'm, I, and I have this little note taking app that you all should get cause it's really good and it makes lists and reminders. And, and, uh, for you who are never, who need a reminder and need to go on, be there on time, that's really good. And, um, so I'm, I'm looking at this note and then we show up to youth group on Monday and, um, we come back and, and Mercy's teaching on we see the kids all laying on the floor with towels and blankets on the floor and they're just learning to hear from God. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, it was just kind of ironic. I'm like, okay, God, I need to figure out what this is. And then Mercy starts talking about how she was talking about Samuel. And she's talking and telling the kids on how to hear from God. And, and this, this passage that she was teaching on was really cool because if you read this, there's so much depth to this of how God communicates with Samuel that I'm going to I'm going to kind of dive into it. So it kind of in the vein of, of three rings, we're going to we're going to get into this a little bit. 
So, we look at Samuel. It has a lot of significance about hearing from God. When we hear from God, there's certain things that he can, we need to understand when he talks to us. Samuel was brought into the temple. Um, his mom couldn't have kids. She was barren for a lot of years. And then the priest, Eli, said, um, actually, what happened was she, she, she's at the temple. She's praying, and she's praying quietly to herself. Eli comes up to her and says, get out of here. He thinks she's drunk. He thinks she's crazy, and, and he tells her to get out. Um, so she tells him, no, I'm not drunk. I'm just praying because she's been praying for a child for so many years. And basically, he says, he goes to the Lord and says, let, let this woman have a child. So she starts, she has a child. And basically what she does is she goes, she basically is saying to the Lord, Lord, if you give me this child, I will give him into your, I'll give him into the ministry. I will give this child to the ministry of the, of the Lord. And so Samuel, and I was, I was, a lot of this was, was happening last night. I was diving, I was reading some scripture last night and I was reading through this and I got, I was like, wait a minute, I'm looking at this and all of a sudden God just started knocking things down, knocking things in, in my, down and putting things in. I'm like, look at this. So I've got two Bibles open, my tablets, uh, or no, my tablet, my laptop's open. I'm like looking at this. I'm reading this translation. I got this study Bible that's about yay big. And it's like, you know, it's like 12 pounds and you have to like wear a, it has a strap to carry it because in one of those little wheelie carts. And it's really, really heavy. So I'm, I've got that flipped over and I'm looking at this. I'm looking at all the notes. I've got the, I've got my Bible open up on my, and I'm like looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, God, what is going on with this? And he's showing me things about this. And so, and this is revelation for me, but this is, this is really cool. So Samuel's mother, she gets pregnant. She goes, I'm going to, I'm going to bring my child and give him to the work of the Lord. Basically, she's going to bring her son and let him live in the temple to be able to work for the Lord. So the kid's born. The dad goes, let's bring her to the temple. It was that time of year. She's like, no, we're going to wait till he is weaned. So in that culture, the age of a child being weaned is about three years old. We're in Samuel 3, if you guys want to kind of follow along. I'm kind of paraphrasing here. So the child's about three years old. She takes him to the temple. And what does she bring with her? She brings a three-year-old bull to be sacrificed to the Lord. So Samuel's about three years old. She brings him into the uh, brings him into the temple and basically gives his life to the temple and says, you know what, this is my son. This is a gift that God has given me. I'm giving it back to God for the work of the ministry. So she brings a three-year-old bull to sacrifice. So Samuel is living in the temple. He's young. Eli is, is training him. I mean, you, you think about this. He's basically a toddler running around the temple. So chapter 2, we're going to, it talks about how Samuel is growing. He starts, he grew up in the presence of the Lord. Some of the, some of the scripture says that he grew up in the presence of the Lord. That means he was in the inner courts. He wasn't in the holy of holy, but he's in the presence of God on a daily basis. At at three or four years old, he's growing into the presence of, of God. And it says that in um, chapter 2 says that he grew in favor with God and he grew in favor with people. Now, I've never, I don't remember seeing it anywhere else, but with Jesus. It said he grew in wisdom and he grew in favor. With He grew in, in stature and he grew in favor with man. So we see a lot of uh, representations of, of that he grew in the presence of God the same way that Jesus did. Jesus grew 
in, in understanding the presence of God and he grew in favor with man. So we see Samuel and he's, he's a little kid running around and he's basically in the house of God every day. He's, you know, doing chores. He's doing, helping out the priest. What they were, basically what his mother gave him to do was help the priest to become a priest. So he was helping Eli, uh, working in the temple, lighting the candles, you know, moving things around, doing whatever needed to be done. And Eli is training him while he did this. But in chapter 2, verse 17 says, Therefore the sin of the young men were great before the Lord. The men abhorred the offering of the Lord. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child, wearing a linen ephod. In verse 19 it says, Moreover, his mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him every year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And then what's cool is, is Eli says, in verse 20, says, The Lord give you descendants from this woman for the loan that was given to the Lord. Then they would go up to their own home. So Eli declared something over her that, that God would give her more children because of the one that she gave as a loan to the Lord for the service of the ministry. And God says in um, chapter two, uh, 2, He says, I am going to raise him up to be the most faithful priest who will ever serve and do what I desire. Think about this. It, it talks about you train up a child the way they should go and they will not depart from it. Eli is training up whose sons are priests and they're it's basically in chapter 2 it says God abhorred everything that they gave, hated everything that they offered because it was done in the wrong heart in their, in, through their sin. So he says, I'm going to raise Samuel up to be the best priest, the most faithful priest and to do what I've asked him to do. And it says, in the, it says later in there, it says he will anoint every king his, excuse me, his family will anoint every king that, I bring, that he brings. So we see Samuel, and, and we train up a child in the way we, we, they should go. We, we raise our children to have our belief system, to have our values, our morals, what we think is, is right for them. And then they take their, their belief system that they have, and they raise their children up. But when we raise our children up in the Lord, when, they, when I raise my kids up, my kids are more powerful than me. And, and here's why. Because at that age, I didn't have what they had. By the time they're my age, which is 35, yes, I look good for 35, um, and uh, they are going to be more powerful than I am, more powerful than their mother. They're going to be more fervent, more dedicated, more conscious of everything that the, the, the Holy Spirit and God is doing because we're raising them up in the way that they should go. So Eli is raising this child. His mother comes once a year and gives him a little robe and basically says, here's your coat. And Eli is raising him up, teaching him how to, to, to hear from God, teaching him how to, to make the temple look the way it should for the people when they come in, how to offer sacrifices. He's teaching him at three, four, and five years old how to do these things. And then in chapter 3, we start in verse 1. It says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Or, um, some of the translations say there was wa- wa- no widespread dreams or visions given to the Lord. 
And I believe that's the New International Version that says that. So, verse 2, it says, It came to pass in that time Eli was lying down in a place when his eyes had begun to grow dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, when the ark of of God was, and while Samuel was laying down, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, I am here. You called for me. And he said, I didn't call for you. Go lie down. So Samuel goes back. Then the Lord called out yet again, Samuel. So Samuel rose, went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. He answered, No, I did not call you, son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor did he, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And some translations say that he had not un- quite understood or yet understood how to hear God's voice or understand or decipher who- whose voice was whose. He thought, the voice is calling me. It's Eli. He's the one. He is my my priest. I go to him. He, I am his helper. So he hadn't quite deciphered how to translate God's voice from Eli's voice. Verse 8. says, The Lord called Samuel again to the third time. He arose and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. In my study Bible, it's cool because it basically says Eli perceived that it was the, the voice of the Lord. And what he what the guy says in in the little study section of it, he says that Eli had been called by the Lord in those ways before. Eli was accustomed to hearing the voice of the Lord and it, being able to respond to the voice of the Lord. So he said he perceived that it, it says if he perceived that it was the Lord's voice. He goes, he understood that this is the Lord's voice this time. And he said, you know what, Samuel, this is what you need to do. So he's training up this child in the way he should go. And he says, you know what, I'm going to take what I understand of God and and show him how to receive from God. Verse 9, therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he calls you, says if he it doesn't say that Eli explained it to him, but he did. He said, and he's talking to e, uh, Samuel, and he says, "I guarantee." He's like, "You know what? That wasn't me. This is God speaking to you," because he just it just paraphrases and says, "If He calls you again." So he's explaining this to Samuel, saying, "This is God coming to you, talking to you, calling you, saying, hey, I need to talk to you.'" If he calls you, you must say, Speak, Lord, your servant hears. So Samuel went down and lay down in his place. And now the Lord came and stood and called, as other other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, your servant hears. If you've ever talked to Sarah for more than five minutes, she will always tell you there's a difference between hearing and listening. In our human nature, we hear what we want. I'm listening. Are you hearing? So God is, Eli has trained this child to say, I'm hearing you. I hear you, Lord. Not I'm listening. Some translations will say listen, but if you look at the definition of listening, listen and hearing, it's two different things. Um, Sarah will always say, if you tell a kid, don't run, the last thing they hear is run. But what you need to say to a child, well, Sarah will always say to a child when she's in preschool is, you need to walk slowly. And so 
in our human nature, we hear what we want to hear. I hear run. I want to run. Kids want to run. So Eli's given him this crash course, quick crash course in how to hear the voice of the Lord within, you know, I can you imagine Eli, like, and this probably wasn't happening in, in five minute segments. This is probably at night. Samuel's getting ready for bed. He's laying there and God he's like, oh, Eli must be me. Runs to Eli. A couple hours later, runs to Eli. Eli's like, I'm not getting a good night's sleep here. I'm, I'm like, I'm old. It's a, he's like, Sammy, you do not understand. The Bible says my eyes are growing dim. I'm getting old here. I need my sleep. And, and so Eli's laying there, and, it, and it, it's what it, from what it seems like, it's every couple hours. And Samuel keeps going back to him. He's finally like, duh, why didn't I think about this before? He goes, there's nobody else here doing this, but it's me. He's like, this is the voice of the Lord. And what's cool is, in verse 10, it says, Now the Lord came and stood and called as other times. In other translations, in some of the different definitions, it says the Lord came from a different area and came. Um, some people believe that the, the, if you look at the scripture, it talks about that God is a spirit, soul, and body. He said, let's make man in our image. God has the ability to come into the garden. He walked in the garden. Adam and Eve, where are you? It says he walked in the garden. Didn't say he floated. Didn't say he hovered through. It says he walked. And, and some, uh, some people believe that, that God, because the, the presence of God was coming into him, he anointed Samuel for a reason. He, he put Samuel into that place for a reason because he knew that Samuel would honor everything that he had asked him to do. And so God is actually coming from a different location in the temple to Samuel. And some of the dr- different translations say he came from a different spot and stood. It says he came and stood and called. You have to be physically able to stand to be able to stand. So God calls him. He says, Samuel. And he and then Samuel says, Speak, Lord, your servant hears. Dake's commentary is the, the Bible I have. It's the massive Bible I have with a wheelie cart. Um, Dake's commentary says that Eli realized it was God speaking to him because he had probably had the Lord speak to him in a lot of different ways. If you were the high priest, you were the one hearing from God for Israel. So we see that Samuel is learning to hear God's voice. And when someone had to experience, when, we, when he had some experience hearing God's voice, who, or Eli did, he learned how, he taught Eli how to do that. So he's teaching Samuel to recognize God's voice. He's teaching him how to understand when God speaks. So we're all able to hear God's voice. We're all able to recognize God's voice. But what we have to do before we hear God's voice, we have to recognize his voice. You ever, moms are, are, are notorious for this. You're in the store, your kid walks off, and or your kid's in the crowd, and you yell their name, and they instantly go, because they know mom's voice. They, dad may say something, but it's just dad. They have to see dad most of the time. You know, oh, it's dad. But mom, they're like, oh, crap, mom's here. What, uh, you know, they, uh, kids get that, oh, crap look, like when they hear their, their name yelled. They're like, I'm not in trouble, but mom's yelling, so I got to look. We can all hear from God. We all have the ability to hear from God, but we have to recognize his voice first before we can hear from him. We 
we need to be able to recognize his voice and hear his voice daily, minutely, hourly. I don't know if minutely is a word, but we're going to use that word. Thanks, Mercy. It's not a word, but we're going to use that word. Minutely, hourly, daily, we need to be able to understand, be able to recognize and hear God's voice. Thank you. By the minute. I think minutely is a better word. It's just easier to say. And so we need to be able to hear God's voice and take what he is saying to apply to our lives. We're not talking in a prophetic way of talking to other people into their life. We're talking in our own lives. We'll we'll get into that some other time, but we're talking daily in our lives, minutely in our lives. How do we hear from God and apply it into our lives to be able to hear him and recognize his voice? The, the biggest problem we as humans have is not recognizing his voice. Sarah's famous line is, it must be God. Yes. It could be me, but it's probably God. That's just Sarah's line. It could be me, but it's probably God. It's just funny when she says that, and I just laugh at her a lot of times, and she just laughs back. And then she owns me with something. And... Um, so we need to be able to recognize God's voice. So many of us have the ability to hear, but we haven't recognized it first to be able to, do, to, be able to hear him and, and apply what he is saying into our lives. So many times we, we, uh, we hear his voice because it's just, uh, uh, oh, oh, I heard something. Oh, it must be God. And I don't mean physically we do that, but we hear something like, well, you know, ah, it wasn't. That's just a thought. A lot of times God, wisdom is funny because when God puts wisdom in our life, it's usually um, common sense. Uh, people without common sense bug me because what they do is I'm like, use wisdom. What's wisdom? I'm like, it's called common sense. Just don't, you know, don't drive into a guardrail. Don't drive into a tree. That's common sense. Don't do this. It's common sense. That's called wisdom. God has put wisdom into our, into our lives. So God speaks to us daily. We just have to be able to tune our hearts in to hear. So if you guys have seen our vehicle, we've got a DVD player, one of those fold-down DVD players in the ceiling. Well, you have to tune the radio to like 88.1 to be able to hear the, the uh, sound through it. Well, with our car, and because 88.1 here on here is some smooth jazz station, um, and it's really smooth. It's finger-snapping smooth. But um, it's, it's funny. We were driving to Hart yesterday. We were driving to Hart, right? Oh, yeah, Silver Lake. Yeah, I forgot about that. Couldn't remember where we were. And um, so we're driving to Silver Lake yesterday. Totally forgot what we did yesterday. And um, we're driving, and the kids are watching Duck Dynasty in the background. And, um, and you hear all of a sudden, you hear crackle, 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 and you hear some music and some voices playing. And then also an uh, advertisement or, you know, the guy asking to keep this, this public radio station um, going for another year, kind of pledge whatever you want to call. And he's talking, and all of a sudden it fades back in. And it fades, and then it fades back in. And I'm thinking, that's really, really cool because there's so many times in our life where we're hearing something and then God puts something in and we're like, wait, what was that? Or God is speaking to us and then we get some interference and we're like, well, that sounded a lot better. I'm going to go to that. If you've ever been in our car, we don't listen to one radio station. We constantly scan and scan and scan and scan. That's why I just put music on my phone. It's easier to listen to. The radio has nothing worth listening to, really. And so I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking, man, how to hear God's voice. It's like sometimes the interference 
that is around us. We, recognize, we can recognize God's voice, but sometimes hearing His voice can be a little t- troubling sometimes, or um, hard to sometimes, because what happens is we get interference. Our own will gets involved, our own um, people who want to give us advice comes invo- gets involved, and so many times, instead of going to God and saying, God, what, how do I, what do I do? How do I hear from you? What do I need to do in this situation? We, we go to five different people, and we're like, what do I need to do? Interference. 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 Over, bleeding over. And what happens is, is this. Is we, we start to hear people's voices instead of God's voice. We need a prophetic voice in our lives to guide us and teach us to connect with God like Samuel did. We need an Eli to be able to train us how to hear from God. We need that voice in our life to be able to train us to tune our ears tune our hearts to God and what he's doing. Without an Eli in our life to teach us how to hear from God, we tend to tend to flounder. We try to hear from God and it's like, oh, this must be God. I'll just do this. Oh, it must be God. I'll do this. We need someone to teach us how to hear from God. We need to be able to recognize his voice and when, someone sa- when he says our name, go, speak, Lord, your servant hears. We need someone to help tune our ears so we can recognize when God is speaking and when he says our name, we can get a word for our life. We, we came from a... Um, some of what Sarah and I came from was a very uh, non-prophetic culture and we had a lot of people who wanted the prophetic and what they happen, ha- their lifestyle was is running from place to place, chasing a prophetic person who speaks prophetically and, and they would run and they would run and they would run and they would be like, this person is, is prophetic and then this person is prophetic. I'm like, you know, we're all prophetic. The problem is that we haven't tuned our, been able to recognize where we're supposed to tune into to be able to hear his voice. So instead of us all being prophetic, we're, we all shall prophesy, like the Bible says, that we're going, oh, I need this person to hear from God for me. I need this person to hear from God for me. And we don't tune in to ourselves. We don't tune into God ourselves. God speaks to us sometimes we can't hear him or don't understand him. And I think that's the, the biggest um, uh, hang up with people is they don't know how to hear his voice. Something looks good, it must be God. Something feels good, it must be God. It's exciting, it must be God because God's never boring. And God doesn't ask me to do things I don't want to do. And God doesn't ask me to go places I don't want to go. And God doesn't tell me when to go and when to stop. God just lets me do whatever I want and then he just puts his blessing on it. Go. That's what a lot of people think. It's just, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I want because I think it's right. And then God's just going to put his stamp of approval. Good job, buddy. You did it. God's not that way. Because what happens is our own wills get involved. Instead of being able to recognize his voice and hear his voice and understand and, and hear, not listen, hear his voice and say, this is what God said to me. A lot of people will get a word and what they forget to do is forget to write it down. So it's kind of like the man who looks at himself in the mirror and walks away and goes, what did I look like? That's how it is with us. We need to be able to hear from God and say, okay, this is what God said to me. I heard it. I'm going to grab hold of it. I'm going to put it in my heart. And I'm going to remember what it says. If ever anybody ever gives you a word, either record it or write it down. Or have them write it down for you. 
Sarah's like notorious for post-it note prophetic words. Here you go. Here's a post-it note prophetic word. I had to write it down. You can see our wall in our bedroom. There's like a spot like this. And it's just post-it note after post-it note of little things that she's wrote down and, and different things. To, and every now and then the one will fall off. She's like, where'd it go? And she reaches down, puts it back up, puts her little stamp up there. But we need to be able to take that word that God has given to us and, and grab hold of it and hold on to it and hear what he has to say. Because what happens is we don't understand because of our, 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 our human nature, we tend not to hear and understand what God is saying because we, we get so self-willed on doing what we want to do. So God speaks to us. We need to be able to translate so when he, his vo- voice is there, we can tune into it and not have any interference. Our own will, other people, we need to be able to tune into it. So I was in the, va- in the whole mindset of three. There's, there's three things in the New Testament that, that God did or three times that God spoke audibly in the New Testament. First one is Matthew three seventeen, and he basically said, this is my beloved son, I am well pleased. Second one is, I, am, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. And this is God speaking after Jesus um, is, is in the middle of something. And then the one I want you guys to focus on is this. Matthew 17, 5. And this has three in it also. This is three times that that something is happening. And God says to them, He says, this is the mountain of transfiguration. Uh, The three disciples go up with Jesus. Jesus goes up there. Moses and Elijah appear with Him. And, actually we'll turn there real quick. I'm going to read this to you guys. Matthew 17, we're going to start in 3. It says, Behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with Jesus. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, is it good for us to be here? If you wish, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And Jesus probably just shaking his head like, what? What are you talking about? While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came from heaven. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on the ground and hid their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, do not be afraid. When they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus. And God really spoke to me in this part last night about what I needed to say and and he said, this is my beloved son. He said, hear him. Not, not listen to him, hear him. Listen to his words and take it and hold on to it. Treasure what he has said. So it was funny because three of his disciples go up. The, the, the ones that Jesus had close to him. And then Moses and Elijah and Jesus are up there and... and and Peter's all like, let's make three tabernacles. This is going to be great. We're going to... And Jesus is like, okay. But God says, this is my beloved son. I'm well pleased with him. Listen to his words. Tune into him. Recognize his voice and listen to him. God bluntly puts it that way. 
He doesn't say, hey, when you get a chance to, you might want to kind of listen to what he's saying because in the, in the future you may need it. He said, listen to him. So they, 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 they tremble in fear and, and they, they hide their faces and, and they don't want to see anything. They look up and Moses and Elijah are gone. And this is what I want you guys to, to listen and hear about this part. And there's a significance in that. Because what was happening was, is God is basically saying, the things of the past are gone. Moses and Elijah are no longer here. My son is here. Hear my son. He's about, what he was saying is, I'm abolishing the law. Everything is going to be fulfilled in Jesus. Hear Jesus, what he has to say, because what Jesus has to say is more important than what Elijah had to say. I'm not discounting what Elijah did. I'm not discounting what Moses did and what he had to say at all. But overall, Jesus should be the most important person that we hear from in our life. He was abolishing the law and saying, I'm creating an open heaven and you don't have to rely on Elijah and Moses to hear from God anymore. You don't have to rely upon one person to hear from God anymore. He's saying, I've done this so we can hear from God in our lives daily, minutely, and respond and move when he tells us to do something. When I got those three rings, I was like, God, what are you doing? I'm like, am I going crazy and... And, you know, I get the weird look from Sarah and they're all reading books and they're like, I'm like, if you've ever seen Layla give that weird look, like she's just confused when you you talk to her. It's just like, uh, she gave me that look. She's like, you're crazy, dad. I'm like, thanks. I I love you. Vote of confidence for dad. So what Jesus was, what God was saying is, is the old covenant is gone. I'm bringing in a new covenant. Jesus is your high priest. He is the one that you will listen to. You don't need Moses. You don't need all these other guys. We take value in what they've done. We take value in what they've, they, their lives have. But we look at Jesus and God says, he's basically, Jesus is communing with Moses and Elijah. And then all of a sudden God goes, this is my son who I'm well pleased. I love him. Hear his words and boom, they're both gone. He was giving an early revelation to the disciples of this is what is going to happen. Jesus is going to tear the veil between God and man so there is no separation. When those three rings, I had to start thinking, I had to start um, asking, I had to tune into what God was asking me to do, what what God was trying to, to convey to me at that point. And I think that when we tune, when we recognize, you guys ever been uh, out of out of your normal range of radio, and you're like up north or you're somewhere else, and you're like, I I got to figure out a station. You go through all the stations, or you just ride with us. We'll go through every station at least six, seven times. It's just on scan, and then oh, we'll listen to the song, and then we'll go to the next song, or we'll listen to half the song, and then we'll go to the next song, and. You're out of that range of your normal radio stations. You're like, this is not the radio station. You know, your country station is now a easy listening station. And then your rock station is now a, um, you know, a, a love ballad station. And it's like, wait a minute, this is not. Or you, you drive and you're like, this is not the Christmas station anymore, which is on all the time in our car. Um, yeah. But 
we spend, when we get out of that range of where God is, we tend to falter, we tend to struggle, we tend to, to end up where we shouldn't be because we get out of range of hearing God's voice. You guys ever remember when you were little and if you, had, if you ever lived in the country, you would be out as far as you possibly could, out in the woods, out in the field, whatever, and you, Jordan, doesn't, Jordan lived in the city most of his life. And, um, but we, when I was a kid, we had 10 acres and we would be out in our property and um, be out in the woods, somebody else's property, just doing whatever. And we would hear our mom or our dad call for us because we were in the range of their voice. But I believe that in our lives that we can get out of the range of God's voice. So we're not recognizing his voice. We don't hear it. We don't understand it. We're not able to, to figure out that he's trying to call and say, hey, come back here. But we're so far out of it that we, we're like, man, I don't know where. You guys ever been out in the woods when you were little? And you're like, I don't know where is home. And I don't know which way. And I remember we came in, but I don't remember what. It's kind of that way that we get disoriented in our walk and in our relationship with God because we're so far out of that range that we can't recognize and hear His voice. Jeremiah 3, or excuse me, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you have done. When we are not in that range, when we get out of that range, and we have to say, okay, I am out of the range. I am not hearing from God. I'm not recognizing His voice. How do I get back into that range? And we have, to, we have to say, okay, where do I go back? Where do I go to to hear from God? And what happens is, is God says, you call on me and I will answer you. You remember your, if you've ever had your kids lost or just can't see you and they're like, mom, mom, and you can hear their voice. That's how God is. Because I think sometimes we get off the beating path of, of walking with God and we get into the, the, the briar, or we get into the, the woods and we're like, man, I don't quite understand what's going on and I'm just going to stand here because it's safe here. If I keep moving, I don't know where I'm going to go. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to call for God until he answers me. We have to be like Samuel and say, learn how to recognize God's voice and be able to answer him when he calls and say, Speak, your Lord, your servant hears. When God says, this is my son, listen to him and hear what he has to say. Hear what he has to say. Hearing from God is not hard. It's not difficult. It just requires us to, get, to put all of our own crap off to the side and say, God, I want to hear from you. Some people hear from God in such an amazing way, they don't even have to. They're like, every day God's showing me something in numbers. There was a sign in the microwave. There was... You know, God just gave me a, you know, I'm driving down the road. There was a road sign. You know, like there's times where like we'll be driving down the road and Sarah, she's just like, she, she's got like dual antenna hearing from God and she'll just be like saying something. I'm like, that didn't even say that. Did you see that? It said that. I'm like, no, I don't think it said that. She's like, oh, I know I saw that. You know, she's hearing from God. She's seeing things that I'm just like, let's drive. And she's like, did you see that? I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, she's, she's, you know, she's hearing from God. Because she's sensitive to the Holy Spirit, because she's learned how to recognize His voice. God has given her that ability to recognize His voice in such a great way that she can help other people recognize His voice. So God says, when you're off that beating path, when you're not hearing from me, call on me and I will answer you. 
Jesus, it talks in the New Testament, it says he waits at the door and knocks. He's waiting for us to call and say, hey, or I need help. I can't do this on my own. I'm kind of off in the woods here. I don't know where I'm at. I need to get back to where you want me to be, where I need to be, where I need to be with you. And when God says, hey, I'm going to call you, hear him. God says, I will, if you call out for me, I will answer you and I will grab you and I will bring you out. David talks about you brought, dragged me out of the muck and the mire. You've brought me up into a new place. There was times where David struggled with hearing God's voice, but God dragged him out of the muck, out of the mire, placed him in and said, and David learned how to hear God's voice. Learned how to recognize God's voice. And so many times we get stuck and forget how to hear his voice. Let's pray.